Artificial intelligence is coming to the shipping business, but will carriers and shippers be able to take full advantage of the technology? Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, managing editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain podcast. AI is seeping into every nook and cranny of business. Machines are promising to make better decisions based on massive amounts of data that no mere human could possibly interpret. Now the technology is popping up in shipping. The container line OOCL recently partnered with Microsoft Research Asia to implement AI in its carrier operations. The initiative is intended to help the line streamline its services and adjust calls according to a complex mix of ever-changing conditions. So how exactly will it work? Are carriers flexible enough in their operations to make use of a smart machine's recommendations? We'll talk about that today with my guest, Dan Stahl. He is Senior Technical Manager of Nintex, a provider of workflow automation systems. We'll find out just how deep AI has penetrated the world of logistics, as well as the limitations of the technology, as it strives to mimic the creativity and thought processes of the human brain. So here is my conversation with Dan Stahl. Dan Stahl, welcome to the program. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me. Dan, what does it mean exactly when we talk about applying artificial intelligence to shipping and logistics? What are the exact applications that fall under that category? Listen, I think it's a case where companies are now looking at AI to increase their competitiveness. They're looking to the future to be more predictable and just to really automate their future logistics, just to increase their bottom line, essentially. And you've got the likes of the big players in the AI world at the moment, Azure or Microsoft Azure and Amazon AWS, you know, really leading that charge. Okay, but I'm trying to understand, like, what are some of the processes within the shipping and logistics world that could be subject to AI applications specifically? I think some of the really big things along the lines of predictively knowing when stock is running low at a warehouse where you're seeing spikes in consumption of that particular item. So you can get things from one warehouse to another warehouse before that particular item runs out, for example. Really knowing and understanding the flow of your items or your products to satisfy the consumers to ensure that you've got timely delivery to them once they purchase something. Okay, so that's from the standpoint of an actual shipper, distributor, manufacturer that's warehousing product and wants to make sure that product is flowing to points of sale on an efficient basis. But there's also this idea of AI being used by the carriers themselves. I mean, it sounds like uh, Microsoft has teamed up with the container shipping line OOCL to use AI. And I'm wondering, what are the processes on the carrier side that become open to AI applications? 
Yeah, well, from the carrier side of house, you've got lots of things along the lines of predictive maintenance, for example, knowing how far your vehicles have travelled, having sensors and things along those lines, being able to detect the wear and tear on brake pads or fuel lines and things along those lines. So essentially, they can start being more predictive around making sure that trucks are serviced and maintained before they break down. And it's even to the human factor as well, like making sure that drivers are not being overworked and making sure that they're all getting enough sleep and rest hours and things along those lines. So companies are not going to be surprised when something breaks down because they should be able to predictively know when something's going to happen and circumvent it before it does happen. It sounds like you're describing an intersection between AI and the Internet of Things, the Internet of Things being the world in which these various pieces of equipment, engines, trucks, and the like would be constantly providing updates on their condition, which would then allow you to understand, like as you say, when brake pads need to be replaced a lot. So is this kind of all one big ball of wax? It, it all kind of comes together, Internet of Things and AI? Definitely, for sure. I mean, AI is really powered by data, right? That data can come from anywhere. It can come from keystrokes. It can come from mining certain other data sources, or it can come from IoT devices just sending in consistent updates, whether it be every five minutes or if it's down to ranges from saline levels in water or from heat of a particular engine, or it could be hydraulic oil in a mining machine. It doesn't matter what the data is or where it's coming from, and IoT is just one of those data sources that can really rapidly on scale get you that data to be able to mine. So a good example of that is Starbucks at the moment highlighted some IoT technology and also AI technology that they're utilizing in their coffee machines. And what they're doing is they're not only utilizing their data mining capabilities to be able to predictably know when machines need to be repaired or serviced, they can also use the IT devices within the machines to mine the data of ensuring that the uh, the pressure for a particular recipe of a coffee bean is uh, correctly done on a global scale. And they can do all this from simple dashboards in single office across the globe. And things like that are saving them millions of dollars because they've got over 20, 30,000 of these coffee machines deployed across the world. So it's things like that where you can do things on scale and be able to collect the data, simple as the data may be. If you're collecting multiple millions of lines of code or data in a single day, this is where AI comes in where it can mine that data and really give you insight into what is actually happening within your organization or your supply chain or in your retail business or whatever it might be. You know, in the early days of AI research, decades ago, the intention of AI was to somehow mirror or copy the process of of human brains, the way we think creatively and the like. Now it seems like AI has turned into something else. And I'm wondering, are you completely comfortable with the use of the term AI to describe what we're talking about here? Is this truly artificial intelligence? That's an interesting question. It's something we have talked about over drinks and whatnot. And I don't believe that use artificial intelligence. I mean, sure, the the term's grown up over the multiple decades as it's sort of evolved and whatnot, but AI to me is a futuristic sci-fi video where the robot or whatever, the machine is self-learning and can interact with humans. Whereas I see things along the lines of the services that are starting to come out now by the large carriers uh, such as Microsoft and Amazon uh, and Google for that matter is they're more along the lines of, yes, they can learn things, but they can only be learned things after they've been told what they need to learn. It's not as if 
they're just being plugged into something and off they go. Someone somewhere is telling them, okay, these are the rules, these are the boundaries that you work in, go forth and learn this particular thing. So they're working to a model that somebody has designed for that particular cognitive service, whether it be facial recognition to look for emotions or identifying through eyes or the machine's not going to automatically know what I want it to look for, I have to tell it. So I guess in terms of artificial intelligence, I don't think it is full AI, but if that's the term that we're going to run with, well, sure, why not? <laughs> the other term we hear used a lot is machine learning, and I understand that that is something distinct or an aspect of AI. I don't know how you see the term. It seems to imply a system that gets better with experience, just as, for instance, humans do. Is that what machine yeah. learning is all about? How can we understand that term in the context of what we're talking about? And that sort of brings around that point that I believe what's really happening here is there's a bit of a distinctive difference between what AI sort of should be and what machine learning is and what I believe what we're currently talking about now with all this predictive uh, analytics and being able to look at all the data and learn from that data is it's more machine learning than it is anything else because it is models that are learning themselves but it's not some code that's teaching itself how to play chess. It's being told how to play chess. And we do seem to be really in early days. You cited the Starbucks example. That sounds like something that's actually up and running and working. I'm wondering if you have any other examples of ways in which AI, however you want to define the term, is actively being deployed in the carrier and shipper world, or is it really something that's still in development a little bit in the future? So I think there's a lot of companies playing around with it and really starting to look at these types of technologies. So, for example, you've got Uber and Tesla with the trucks doing a supply chain trucking between various cities with or semi-autonomous trucks. Now, looking at um, the data that they're getting, they're looking at, okay, how can we use machine learning or, or AI to ensure that when we have our trucks go from one city to another city, that it's not sitting around for 12 hours waiting to be unloaded and loaded. No, we want it to be efficient. So not only are they looking at, okay, let's have driverless vehicles or vehicles engineered on them rather than truck drivers. They're looking at also ways on how can they improve the scheduling of deliveries and loading, for example. So it's becoming more efficient in terms of not having assets lying around waiting for someone to bring out a forklift and unload the truck. They want to be able to get the truck into the warehouse, unload it, load it, and set it back on its way. And it's also along the same lines as they don't want trucks to be moving around the state or around the country, for that matter, half full. They want a full truck going from point A to point B. And at point B, they fill that truck back up to capacity and send it back. Now, that's not something that is easily managed by humans alone, especially when you're talking on the multiple thousands of scales of warehouses and trucking carriers out there. And with machine learning and supply chain management software, you've got the capabilities to start optimizing stock control to make sure that you're saving on fuel, you're saving on wear and tear on your vehicles. You can be more efficient in the way you do things, thus driving down your overall costs of delivering and your logistics. You're talking about driverless vehicles, but what about driverless analytics? In other words, when we get back to this idea of AI being utilized to make decisions about how carriers are routing their equipment, where is the human going to be in this equation? What is the person going to be doing, if anything? <laughs> that's also another really interesting point, right? And that's where people start looking at, oh, my God, Skynet's arrived. 
Certainly in the automation world where we sit, humans still very much want a part of the action in terms of they want to be able to look at something. But in terms of let the machine do the mundane crunching in the numbers because they can do it bigger, they can do it faster, and they can do it a lot more efficiently with very minimal scope of failure or error. But I guess where we see it in the terms of automation and, and making these things seem nice and fluid is that humans still like to be able to look at the data make a decision about the data, whether or not to go ahead, because not all things are cut and dry. Yes, there are business rules that you follow, but not all business rules to the letter. There are exceptions. And unless you can have a machine to learn exceptions, it still needs permission. So it's like having a child where, yes, it's okay for them to play outside, but let's not play outside with the hose. It's cold. So <laughs> the child's going to come in and ask for permission, right? So it's the same thing where we're going to have these machines, they're going to learn, they're going to understand, we're going to be able to present the data, but there are going to be cases where they need to get permission to go to that next step, whether it be to publish a report or to change a route of a truck because there's an accident on the highway or whatever it might need to be. There still needs to be some level of oversight or overseer that is controlling that flow of information. On the other hand, I wonder to some extent, what will we be able to do with all this fantastic information being outputted from an AI engine? For instance, I can understand, like you say, cutting down on empty miles of trucks. That would be a fairly easy thing. It identifies an opportunity for use a truck that's coming on a backhaul, and you can use that capacity. But let's say when it comes to ocean shipping, in the case of OOCL, they're talking about the AI tools that will be used to help understand shipping patterns, vessel speed, weather data, and the like. Okay, it comes up with this information, but you've got these massive ships locked into these schedules. And my question is just how variable are these systems that would allow you to make adjustments when the system's telling you, well, you should change your shipping schedule because of whatever all these variables we put together. Do you have that type of freedom on the shipping side in order to make the necessary changes? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. It's really going to come down to, I mean, trusting the systems, but there's always going to be that human element where you get those gut feelings and if you know what you're doing right is right and you back yourself, well, you're going to go against the machine. If you go down to the path of where you're fully trusting the machine learning or the reporting or the analytics that's coming out of the, the shipping routes or whatever it might need to be, I don't know. It's a funny one, Bob. For myself, if I was shipping a boat and I was out there and I could see that there was issues and the machine was telling me that, no, go straight ahead, go straight ahead, I would be wanting to ensure that I still have the power to be able to change course. On the question of people again, assuming we're going to need people, the people we're going to need are going to be different people than we've had in the past. They're going to have to either be programmers, they're going to have to be skilled in analytics, they're going to have to understand how to interact with these systems. Will we find the right people to staff these incredibly complex systems going forward in the near future, for example? That's going to be a challenge, especially in the near future. I think in the five to ten year mark, when these services become a little bit more mature, I mean, it's already starting to happen where you can get an AWS account or an Azure account or a Google account now and 
you can open up the machine learning studio and build your own models and you don't need to be a programmer. You need to obviously understand how these things work, but give it another five, ten years and it'll be consumer-based. Being able to have your own machine learning model that's reading your emails for you and when you wake up in the morning, you know, good morning, Alexa, please read me my most important emails. And it will tell me my most important emails because it's learned what emails I always open up first thing in the morning. I think those things will start to come to fruition over the next few years and will become more consumer-based. But in terms of larger systems within the enterprises and within supply chain management, it's going to be more of a shift in, I guess, roles and responsibilities of these particular people. Now, whether it's a case of people that are already in these roles reskilling or being retrained in these particular systems, or it's a complete shift in how people are hired and what skill sets the companies are actually looking for. I do know in, they were talking around in the particular autonomous trucking industry where they're replacing truck drivers with engineers, for example. They're looking at Instead of having the truck drivers doing long haul, they're using the autonomous trucking to go from point A to point B, but truck drivers are being utilized to drive the trucks into the towns, into the warehouse, back out to the pickup point where the engineer takes over and then off they go on their nine-hour long haul down to the other city where they don't really need a truck driver. They need a skilled truck driver to navigate the small streets of the, the town and city. So it's just a repurposing of skill sets. And it's going to be the same in this particular case, I believe, where you're going to get the old school or the sort of the old generation who will probably either retrain or move on to companies that may not have embraced AI fully. And then you're going to get guys and girls that are new to the industry and they'll reskill or they won't and they'll miss out. And that's just going to be the nature of it. It's how disruption works in all kind of industries where we see something changing within the industry, it gets completely disrupted and you either adapt or you move on. So many things have to happen before this all becomes a reality. People process technology, public acceptance of going down a highway and looking up into the cab of a truck and not seeing a human being. We have to get comfortable with that. So how fast is this coming? How far down the pike is it before all that we've been talking about just becomes second nature to the way that shipping and logistics operates, in your opinion? Yeah, so in my opinion, I mean, it's already starting to happen. And once the real benefits are realized by the industry, I think it'll be a fast change. As fuel prices go up and as property prices go up, so warehousing becomes more expensive, the global demand for products and things along those lines, the lines are a lot less blurred now where you've got shipping companies that are shipping out products on hourly basis for things like Amazon Prime. I can order something now and have it delivered to me tomorrow, save me a trip down the street. As soon as some of those benefits are realized by the industry, I think there'll be a really swift move to really embrace the technology. We saw it in agriculture about 10 years ago with the invent of auto steer tractors, for example, where as soon as they sort of realized that having a tractor drive on the same tracks every year and every time they went up and down the paddock saved on fuel because of compaction in the soil, all the farmers jumped on it and it became a massive industry. And now they're moving into things like predictive analytics around okay, when do I need to service my headers and tractors and do I just need to do it every August because that's what I've always done. They're starting to learn that, you know what, the belts don't need changing this year, so I've just saved myself $5,000. 
and all those things. So as soon as nice big trucking company or logistics company, and we're going to see the forerunners here, like the, the players of the world where you've got Amazon, for example, they've got the power of AWS and you've got the Alibabas of the world. They're the ones that are going to drive this. And if the other organizations around the world don't get on board with it, they're going to get left behind. Well, something to really look forward to. Dan Stahl, I want to thank you for coming on the show and talking to us about the world of AI, machine learning, as it's applied to shipping and logistics. Some really fascinating developments uh, apparently in the offing. Thanks for helping us to understand what they are. Thank you for being with us. Thanks very much, Bob. That was my conversation with Dan Stahl of Nintex, talking about the coming of artificial intelligence to shipping and logistics. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.